is an exclusive presentation of high school sports on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kenny. Welcome in, everyone, to the Week 8 edition of the High School Football Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny here with D.C. Hendricks back in the house after a two-week hiatus, back in the seat, and uh, going to be here all 60 minutes, here till 7 o'clock, talking area high school football. As it's as going on right now, D.C., the start of the high school football sectional draw. So while it's going on here, it will also uh, we maybe give some play-by-play of it. Who knows? They, they do p- condense 11 minutes of excitement into two hours. They do enjoy doing that. So it could be a while. Yeah, it was a little interesting. I come in the studio today, and uh, it gets a little interesting that they're planning on, you know, switching the uh, the seatings to today instead of Sunday. That's, yeah. That was my Sunday ritual. Not sure why the the reason why so doing weird. that. Um, I I thought maybe with the Rona, it's uh, something to avoid getting the kids all together like they would on a Sunday. I'm not exactly sure, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just a little weird in terms of uh, of having the draw at 6 o'clock on a Thursday evening as opposed to a Sunday afternoon. But hey, it's 2020. Everything's crazy. So uh, we got pl- plenty to come to over the next 60 minutes. Going to have Bryce Vance here at KPC News joining us in just a second, as he always does to kick off the show. And then we're going to be very Northeast eight centric this evening still a lot to determine in the northeast eight and we're going to start it off with josh gerber head coach in the norwell knights at 6 15 bottom of the hour luke amstutz east noble at 6 30 and then we kept the uh, the final window open at a final 15 minutes and we'll we'll start to go over at least the draws that have come out thus far and if uh, the ihsaa treats it as they usually do they'll start at 1a move all the way up to 6a and like i said make it in a nice little tidy two-hour package uh with something they could give us in 10 minutes but uh that that's the way they like to roll and we'll give you what the information we can uh at that point at about 6:45 to see how many draws have happened see where they're at and uh and analyze at least what we have firmly confirmed for the sectional draw but let's start it off as we do each and every week dc Hendricks, with our friend bryce vance from kpc news joining us right now bryce what's happening oh not much just hanging out at a soccer sectional but i pulled myself away to talk to you you know every thursday you're you're doing something the, the your your <laughs> your your ability to uh to multitask never ceases to amaze I even amaze myself sometimes. Justin. <laughs> uh, is it sectional final tonight? No, it's just, just semifinals for the girls. Okay, nice. At least you got a decent evening. You know, mid October, you never know. Yeah, it's uh, nice and sunny out here, so it's uh, it's it's been a pleasant evening so far. Yeah, no doubt. So let's look back real quick. And you were out of Kendallville last week, East Noble, Columbia City, a game that uh, East Noble was able to win 27 to 10. It was closer than the final score indicated. A couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter put that game away for the Knights. But what did you see out of East Noble ending a three-game losing streak and handing Columbia City its first loss of the season? I saw just a different 
attitude with this team, um, and, it, and it helps when you bring back um, their best player on both sides of the ball in, in Rowan Zolman. Um, it's just, you know, he just maybe lifted their spirits, uh, just gave them a boost of, of energy, a boost of confidence going into a game that they possibly felt like they needed um, to give them any type of momentum going into these final two weeks and, and into the postseason. Um, and I, I saw a, a offensive defensive line that were more physical than they had been in the, in the previous at least two weeks. Um, and they really overpowered Columbia City on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Don't want to overvalue one player, but how big was it to mm-hmm. have Rowan Zolman back? I mean, that's a, that's the exact question I asked Cole Hupak after the game. I, I phrased it that way. I was like, I don't want to, it's, you know, it's just one player and there's 22 other players on this field, but he, he said he just, he just gave them, you know, more confidence. Exactly. It's just like another presence on the field that you know is going to be able to make plays for you when you absolutely need a, a play to be made. And that's exactly what Rowan Zolman did. You know, picked off Greg Bolt, um, almost picked him off a second time, but a penalty took it away. Um, and it's just a guy that can go out there and make plays for you. It didn't have that much of an offensive impact as East Noble really ran the ball down Columbia City's throat a little bit last week. Um, but just having him, I think, gave them, you know, an extra boost of confidence to say, okay, if I here miss a, miss a tackle here, Rowan's probably not too far behind me to, to come and come up and, and uh, sweep it under the rug, so to speak. Another challenging game coming up for East Noble tomorrow night at New Haven uh, against Jakar Williams and that offense on the turf should be a good matchup. But what have uh, what have you seen? What have you learned as you prep for this one tomorrow night? Well, I think what East Noble has faced here in these last couple of weeks specifically is good quarterback play, and they're going to be going up against another good quarterback. They faced Eli Riley and uh, against Norwell a couple of weeks ago, and then last week faced Greg Bolton. They, they handled Bolt a lot better than they did Eli Riley, um, and they're going to have to bring out that performance um, and, and have um, a, a better performance this week against a, a good quarterback in, in Jakar Williams, who's a dual threat, who can run the ball, who can throw it, um, has some really good weapons um, on the outside that he can throw to. And this East Noble secondary has been beat up quite a bit throughout the season. Damian Williams has, has had some injury trouble. They lost another um player in the backfield uh in the secondary backfield last week and in uh aiden jones and but justin marcellus who we know from the offensive side of the ball came in stepped in and, and picked off Greg bolt in the end zone last week so um it's a credit to you know that mentality of always next man up but east noble has really in the last week proven that that mentality can be true and defensive coordinator ryan robinson got a huge you know boost of, of confidence from luke amstead last week and um, when i talked to Amstutz after the game, and he's like, he just he came out and almost had a perfect game plan. Yes, they gave up ten points early, but after that, really shut Columbia City down, um, and he really killed it as far as the game plan last week. And they're going to have to do something similar to have a chance against New Haven this week. He is Bryce Vance of KPC News joining us here on the High School Football Coaches Show, and and arguably the biggest game uh, in North e- in the Northeast State tomorrow night. Leo at Columbia City. You saw Columbia City last week, of course, as we mentioned. Leo was a team that I think we can all agree has a a more of a, a better defense than East Noble, at least when they matched up with a twenty four to nothing win for Leo. So 
Does Columbia City have a shot tomorrow night? I mean, yeah, they're six and zero, and now six and one, and you feel okay. The Northeast Eight is on the line in a lot of ways, but can Columbia City, after struggling offensively against East Noble, find some things to work against an even better defense? I don't think so. I'm gonna, if you had to give, put a percentage on that, I'd give Columbia City like a ten percent chance to win. I just Ooh. feel like with Leo, with what what Leo has offensively and defensively um i think they're going to be able to run the ball control the ball the entire time um and keep greg bolt off the field essentially and then when greg bolt is on the field east noble did a fantastic job of getting after him i think i recorded six or seven sacks of greg bolt um he really wasn't comfortable he made some nice throws but overall it wasn't a great performance from him a couple of interceptions um and, and leo has you know the capability the talent on that side of the ball to replicate that performance and i just don't know if columbia city has enough defensively more specifically because east noble ran over them pretty well and we've seen what leo's offensive line can do to um to defensive lines in the northeast state this season in their rushing attack and pretty much that's all they want to do nowadays so i i don't know if i give columbia city that much of a chance and maybe they can go out there and make me eat my words but as right as we stand right now i don't think they have very a very good shot all right, Bryce, let's uh, look over into the Northeast Corner Conference. And Eastside gets their first loss of the season last week at Concord in overtime, 21-14. to 14. And I think if there was anybody that would be pleased after a loss, it would be Todd Mason because of the challenge that was prevented, presented to his team in short notice and the way they played and, and what they learned. So Eastside tries to get back on track this week on the road against a, a solid Central Noble team. But what do the Blazers take out of their first loss of the season and now how do they refocus with the playoffs looming well what i, what I would expect is they went up and played a, a bigger stronger team that has more depth than they do um so they were tested in that regard and they may see a similar opponent maybe not to that has that much depth down the line in in the postseason as as much as concord did um but you're gonna you, you pretty much got to see your guys go out there and face you know a, a bigger stronger team that has more depth and you see that they were able to push them all the way to the end of regulation and into overtime and uh i I think going up against central noble this week that that will prove to be for the better um central noble is in the same boat as east side is a similar size school where they don't have as as much depth on both sides of the ball they have some probably some guys that are playing both ways um so I, i think that east side um, should have um, a, a good chance at, at picking up the the win this week and claiming the small school division title. All right, Bryce, elsewhere in the NECC tomorrow night, Chair Bus go on the road to West Noble. We also have Angola and Garrett. And Angola had to play last week's game with barely 25 guys dressed at South Bend yep. Clay due to quarantine with their JV program. We've heard not much out of this week, but uh, I don't think all is good up there in terms of everybody back. So Angola at Garrett, you know, you expect Angola to be a favorite in this one, but uh, the Hornets mm-hmm. trying to uh, to stay away from completely having things shut down for a second time this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's we're getting to the point where you don't want to have more players quarantined because um, they could possibly miss the, the postseason, and you could wipe out your whole team, and you might not get to play in in the sectional. Um, so, yeah, I would I would hope that they are healthy 
by the time the postseason rolls around in, in a couple of weeks. Um, and hopefully you know, the, the players that are actually just going out there can stay healthy and, and not get hurt physically. Um, so I think I think Angola is probably still the favorite. I would have to agree with you on that. I just don't know if, it, if Garrett has has enough offensive firepower to to run up the score or anything like that. Because even even though South Bend Clay is down and they were you know struggling also with with players being out due to quarantine as well, but neither team had I think more than thirty players on the field last week up in South Bend. So I think Angola. You know, with the players that they are t- taking to Garrett, I think they should have enough offensive power to to still win that game by a couple of scores. Bryce, before we let you go, wanted to hit you with this. We've seen teams quarantined, miss a week or two here or there. We had one mm-hmm. today with Adam Central having to be quarantined. Right. Uh, the, I've heard talk of at least one other area game could be on the ropes tomorrow evening, but I haven't confirmed that. Do you feel that it is likely that at, at some point during this run in the postseason that a program that is not eliminated yet in the playoffs will have to be quarantined and is there any possible way the IHSAA can treat that as not an elimination but still no. keep the schedule I, I, to me it's very difficult to see a scenario where a team is quarantined for a couple weeks still alive in the in the tournament and the IHSAA can can deem them still in competition going forward yeah I, if, if you're asking me if is some team that's still going to be in play uh, first off um and they still are, is there a chance of a team having to be in quarantine? I'm going to say yes. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm thinking it's more than likely that's going to happen. Now, what's going to be the ramifications of that? I'm I'm still trying to figure that out. And I've been asking around. You know, what happens if your team is in a sectional championship game, but you have to to you know you have to quarantine? Like, I don't I don't necessarily know that they should have to forfeit that because um, I mean, with the coronavirus, it doesn't really care who it attacks it's just it's it sometimes it's, it's it feels like it's going to be you have been lucky to get um eight weeks in and not have any problems and we've seen at least you know i'd say a half of our teams that have had to face at least some type of adversity in that regard um but i i just i don't know what the ihsa should do if they should put the push the the game back to early the following week on maybe play on a monday or on a saturday i mean i think they're going to exhaust all options because we're seeing this this kind of play out in the NFL right now where you're having to push games back as far as you can before affecting other parts of the schedule. And uh, I, I think that's what, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because we could be seeing what could also happen um, come next March and late February when we see basketball um, have, possibly have be in a similar boat. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Bryce, always a pleasure. We'll let you get back on the pitch and we'll talk to you next week. Alrighty, thanks, Justin. That was Bryce Vance of KPC News joining us here on the High School Football Coaches Show. And and as I said at the top of the show, the sectional draw happening right now. And we have the Class A sectionals, 43 and 44, that have been drawn. And we'll go through that real quick. South Adams and sectional 43 will take on Union City. Of course, South Adams, the number one team in Class 1A. They will play the winner of Monroe Central and Taylor. South Adams has already beaten Monroe Central once already this season. The bottom half of the bracket tri-central versus westell the winner of that one will play madison grant so fairly good draw for south adams 
I don't see a threat to them in this sectional, barring something absolutely catastrophic for the Starfires. But that's the draw for South Adams. Sectional 44, a little bit more of a local flavor. Adams Central, who, again, will be sidelined for at least this week and maybe next week. Talked to Coach Michael Mosier earlier this earlier today. Said he's not sure yet what the future holds, at least the immediate future for his football team. Again, a COVID outbreak at Adams Central. They are going, the school is going to a online virtual learning starting next week at least for uh, the couple weeks so not sure how that's going to affect Adam Central on the football field but Class A sectional 44 draw Adam Central against Fremont the other game at the top Cherubusco and Triton at the bottom of the sectional. North Miami and Caston, Northfield and Southwood. The team to watch in this sectional outside of Adams Central is Southwood on the bottom part of the bracket, undefeated. Uh, the, the Knights and the Flying Jets have a little bit of a history over the last four or five years in the playoffs. They become rivals in the postseason, whether they meet in the sectional or the regional. That sectional is shaping up to be a championship matchup in the third week of the sectional. Adams Central and Southwood that we talk about seeding, I don't think you could have done a better job in sectional 44 to separate at least the two best teams in that field. But we're going to take a break, come back. We'll talk to Coach Josh Gerber of the Norwell Knights when we come back. It's a week eight edition of the High School Football Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Hey, Boilermaker fans, football may be postponed, but we've got you covered all season long with Purdue Dream Season. He, he makes the catch at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. Every Saturday through football season, we revisit some classic Purdue games right here on the Boilermakers Sports Network from Learfield IMG College on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Lowe's has a brand new flooring showroom filled with all types of floors. Scratch-resistant floors for toddlers and their toys. Easy-to-clean carpets for canines. Stain-resistant floors for scrumptious suppers. Even floors for yogis finding out how flexible they are. There's floors for all. And they're all at Lowe's. Book now and have yours installed by the holidays. Install available in-store only. Holiday install applies to basic install and subject-to-date restrictions, installer, and product availability. See Lowe's.com for details and licensing. Contiguous U.S. only. Have you been to a Burlington lately? They have unbelievable deals on amazing brands and styles at up to 60% off other retailers' prices. No coupons or sales, just fabulous values every single day. It's a treasure hunt with new bargains arriving all the time and savings that'll surprise you. At Burlington, you get more for less, whether it's back to school, work, or just back. Now more than ever, you'll love the deals. You'll love Burlington. Vicky, how you doing? How's the knee? It's coming along, doctor, but still some soreness. Well, let's see. You know, this soon after surgery, some pain is pretty normal. I was hoping to get more painkillers. The first round worked great. We're being very careful with those now. Prescription painkillers are opioids, same as heroin. It's easy to start taking them, not so easy to stop. Last year in America, an average of 40 people died from opioid abuse every day. Long-term addiction has become America's newest health epidemic. So no pills? Vicki, you're doing great. So let's try these anti-inflammatories plus your physical therapy. If the soreness doesn't continue to get better, give me a call. 
For opioids, the smaller the dose prescribed and taken, the better. Because even a few prescription painkillers can sometimes go a long, wrong way. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Visit orthoinfo.org slash prescription safety. I work out every day. COVID won't kill me. I'm 24. COVID won't kill me. I have antibodies. COVID won't kill me. It's been a long week. COVID won't kill me. I'm 25. COVID won't kill me. I'm partying outside. COVID won't kill me. I don't me. need to wear a mask around my friends. COVID won't kill I'm me. I'm 23. COVID won't kill me. If I haven't gotten it yet, COVID won't kill me. I'm young. COVID won't kill me. Famous last words. Don't let them be yours. Socially distance. Mask up, America. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Week 8 edition of the High School Football Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny. He is D.C. Hendricks. Here breaking down all things prep football till 7 o'clock. Thank you to Bryce Vance before the break. Breaking down some of the Northeast 8 action, the Northeast Corner Conference action. And, of course, tomorrow night, the Northeast 8 will take center stage here on the Fan 1380 as it will be Leo at Columbia City. And it will be Brett Rump and Shannon Griffith on the call from Columbia City, a big battle in the Northeast 8. There's been uh, big battles nearly every week in that conference and it's still uncertain on which team is going to emerge atop the Northeast 8 and a team that still has a shot at least for a share of the NE8 championship are the Norwell Knights 6 and 1 won 4 straight fresh off a 50 to nothing victory over to Cab last week the head coach of the Norwell Knights is Josh Gerber joins us right now coach how are you I'm doing all right how are you guys doing not bad i'm sure you're eagerly awaiting the uh, the sectional draw this evening yeah, we've uh, we've got about sixty kids in the cafeteria. We've ordered some pizza and we're uh, we're watching just to see where uh, where we'll end up. Hey, Coach, let's let's look back real quick. I, I want to go back two weeks. I want to go back to East Noble. You guys are down seventeen nothing at the end of the first quarter. You fight back over the course of the next three. You win twenty one to seventeen. It opened up a lot of eyes around the area for the Norwell Knights. But take us through from a coach's perspective that football game. You know, we knew we were going to take a you know a, a pretty good shot from them to begin with. They had uh, they had two losses in a row at the time, and, and uh, we knew that Coach Amstutz and his staff would have those guys well prepared and ready for us. It was their homecoming. We thought they you know they're going to be excited and ready to play, and they were. And we got off to just kind of a terrible start ourselves. Did some things that were uncharacteristic for us. Turned it over. Uh, had a bad snap on one, and ended up with the ball down just outside the goal line. So it was uh, you know not a, not a good start. But our kids never lost hope, never lost faith, and kept grinding and we were able to get a win in the end when you come back from that deficit i know it was early i mean it says a lot about the character of this football team and that's probably something that that us outsiders have said the most on just how much this team has gotten together and rallied is as sounds like the guys are excited probably the pizza arrived that's what i'm guessing but uh, uh just a, a little on this team and just how many veterans are on both sides of the football which is, is helps tremendously particularly in a game where you're on the road in a hostile environment down 17 yeah, you know we've got uh, we've got some good senior leadership. Um, you look defensively, Quinn Dryband is a senior defensive end sports does a good job keeping our younger guys going. Uh, we've got three of them in the linebacker level: Isaiah Brady, Joel Rankenberger, and Max Ringer, who you know keep us focused. And then in the secondary, we're young, two sophomores and a junior, but uh, we've got Eli Riley back there, who's also our quarterback, and he, he does a good job leading the defense. And uh, had a young kid that uh, didn't get to play last year because he was hurt, Bo Morgan, but. Uh, 
you know, Bo's the leader for us and, and does an outstanding job as well. Offensively, again, just good leaders, the guys who uh, help us keep our focus. You know, they, they help us keep our focus and um, and keep us on track. And, and it's, uh, it's a lot of have a lot of success this year. Coach, yeah, uh, in discussing that game with some people that were there, you know, they, they kept talking about Eli Riley, and, and you know, we talk so much about these quarterbacks around the area that are putting up gaudy numbers week in and week out. Don't give Eli Riley a lot of attention because he's not throwing for three hundred, three fifty every night, and and he's a kid that I, I think you could put him up with anybody in the area in terms of accuracy, in terms of precision, in terms of decision making, and he is a big reason why this team is six and one, and I think he flies under the radar. Yeah, he does, but and you know we're not uh, we're not we're not going to do anything those gaudy numbers either. We're not going to, you know, we're not looking to we're not looking to play for numbers. We're looking to win games, and we're going to try to take what uh, what people give to us. And Eli does a great job of that. He manages the game well. When we need to throw it, he's on point. When it's time to run it, he's uh, he leads us in that regard as well. So, you know, great kid, great leader. We're excited uh, excited that he's playing well, and then we'll go as far as he can take us. Coach, and looking at your defense, I think it was very impressive last year, but maybe didn't have that offensive firepower that you do this year to to help them out. But it seems like you have both yeah. working this year. Yeah, you know, we struggled a little bit offensively last year. We we had switched uh, we had switched our offensive scheme uh, up for the guys to kind of them up. And you know what, we played a young offensive line last year. We had uh, uh, a couple sophomores and a junior, and we actually started a freshman last year. Um, it was really good for us to, to get those guys a year in the, in the weight room and just a year of experience. And it's a veteran group now, and, it, and it's showing they're playing really well up front. All right, Coach, you go on the road tomorrow night at Huntington North, and everyone knows the Vikings' MO. They want to run the football and, and grind out victories. Uh, is that the primary challenge for your guys at the point of attack defensively to limit those yards, particularly on the early downs? Yeah, we've got we've got to stay disciplined defensively. We can't break down, can't try to do something that's outside of what our assignment is. Uh, we need we need we need the guys to do their job, and we need them to uh, to trust their teammates to to do uh, to do their job as well. And, and if we can do that, if we can play as a unit, we'll be okay. We think um, you know we've done that all year, and we think that we can continue to do that. But you know, I think North's a talented team, and and they present some challenges with their scheme, and they're, they're going to make us uh, make us stay disciplined all night. Coach, you're you're finding out who you're going to play in the first round tonight, but I'm sure you'll turn the page pretty quick and focus on the final two weeks of the regular season, particularly with what potentially could be a lot on the line with a potential conference title. So what do you want to see out of your group the next two weeks in trying to aim for the number one spot in the NE8, but also be prepared going into the postseason? You know, we've, we've told the guys our goal is to get better every week, and, uh, and, and that's what we want to see. We want to see continued improvement. Uh, every day in practice, we want to be a little bit better than we were the day before. Every Friday night, the test, and we want to make sure that we pass that test and, and play well. And, and we want to see that, that continued, consistent growth. And if we can see that, we like our chances in the postseason. All right, Coach, I'll let you uh, get back with the guys. Uh, go, have fun tonight and enjoy it. And uh, back to business tomorrow. Good luck. Hey, thank you much. Have a great evening. You too, Coach. That was Coach Josh Gerber, the Norwell Knights, his team 6-1, and one, and gathering in the high school cafeteria to see just who his team will play in round one of the 3A sectional 27. And when you look at the field in there, Norwell at 6-1, and one, the best record in the sectional, but Concordia sitting there 4-3, and three, Peru sitting there 5-2, and two, Oak Hill 4-3 as well, primary challengers to Norwell atop that uh, sectional. So,
I, you know, Norwell and Concordia, I hope it turns out similar to Adam Central and Southwood with the draw and that they're on opposite sides of the bracket because I could see that being the championship game. I think all due respect to Peru, five and two. We've seen area teams handle Peru in recent history in the sectional. Good Peru teams, at least by their standards. So I'm not sure Peru is capable of handling either Concordia or Norwell. Last year it was 56-6, to a Concordia victory over Peru in the sectional championship game. Uh, so you know, a couple of years before that, it was an 8-2 and Peru team that hosted Bishop Lures in 2016. And that team, coached by Bob Prescott, now with the Huntington North Vikings, by the way, uh, the Knights went down there one forty-eight 48-12 in a sectional game. So I'm not sure that a Peru team, despite being 5-2, and can give either Norwell or Concordia a serious challenge in sectional 27 but as we go through the night we'll find out exactly who all these teams are going to be playing once again these ihsaa football sectional draw going on as we speak down in indianapolis we're going to take a break come back we'll talk to coach luke amstutz east noble knights as we continue covering the northeast state here tonight we'll also break down what we can between now and seven o'clock and also talk a little snyder bishop DeWinger as well it's a week eight week eight edition of the high school coaches show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Think you know more about the NFL than other fans here in Fort Wayne? Play Pigskin Picks 2020. Go to 1380thefan.com now and pick this weekend's slate of games to win weekly prizes. Win the most weeks and you'll get a pair of tickets to the Colts 2021 home opener when things hopefully will be back to normal for us fans. Pigskin Sunday and Monday Night Football only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here is Greg Thomas with your latest Mortgage Minute, where you can gain an edge on your next mortgage. For all the people trying to buy a house this year, if you haven't noticed, there aren't very many around. So that makes it very competitive. So how do you become a competitive buyer in this market? First step, stop and take a breath. Find the value in being prepared to make a purchase on a home. Have your income docs been reviewed. Assets like your bank statements, your down payment, has your credit been reviewed. Basically, is your loan share solid? Is it going to hold you up? We can supply everything in advance. That way you have a real shot at competing in that offer. Another thing you have to keep in mind, are you asking the seller to pay closing costs? Because if you are, that's going to be really difficult for your offer to stand out. We have all kinds of loan options. Come check out our local ops. We'll have your back. Contact Greg anytime for your purchase and financing needs at 260-234-4700 or at teamthomaslending.com. Work with a lender you can trust to get your deal done. All loan subjects with underwriting approval. Certain restrictions apply. Call for details. Cross Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 3029. Rick Thomas, NMLS 138839. NMLS Consumer org. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. New message. Department of the Social Security Administration. The reason of this call is to inform you that your Social Security number has been suspended for suspicion of illegal activity. If you do not contact us immediately, our account will be deactivated. For more information about this case file, press 1 or call immediately our department number. This is a scam. 
Thieves are misusing the Social Security Administration's authority and phone schemes to trick you into giving them money or personal information. They state there is a problem with your Social Security number or account. They claim there's been suspicious or fraudulent activity, and you could be arrested or face other legal action. They even spoof SSA's main customer service telephone number on caller ID. Don't believe them. Don't provide any information. SSA employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent. Just hang up. If you suspect you've been contacted by an SSA scammer, call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1-800-269-0271. Here's more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone, to a Week 8 edition, the sectional draw edition of the High School Football Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny. He is D.C. Hendricks. In just a few seconds, we'll be joined by Coach Luke Amstutz, East Noble Knights. Before we get to that, Class 2A Sectional 35 draw has been announced, the lone area sectional involving 2A football teams. Here it is, Woodland at Prairie Heights, Eastside at Bluffton. If you're circling Week 1 games that are very, very intriguing, there's one folks. Eastside coming off a loss last week, but has just been dominant in the area in the NECC this year against the Bluffton Tigers, who are, as of right now, searching for an opponent for tomorrow night. Uh, they were supposed to play Adam Central, and that game is off. Bottom half of the bracket, Whitco at Bishop Lures, Central Noble at Fairfield. So, could we potentially get a Bishop Lures Fairfield semifinal? That could be a little interesting. I feel the winner of Eastside and Bluffton are good to get into the sectional final of that one. But once again, if I had to name the top two teams in that sectional, I'd go Eastside Fairfield with Bishop Lures lurking, and at least they're not all stacked up in one uh, portion of the bracket. So, uh, the ping pong balls bounce reasonably correctly in that one so once again sectional draw going on as we speak as we get the area sectional draws at least to seven o'clock we will pass them along here on the show we were talking northeast eight earlier with josh gerber let's keep it in the ne8 with head coach luke amstutz of the east noble knights coach how are you doing great you eagerly awaiting this sectional draw always it's uh it's fun um you you know you just were made the comment um, you know, when the, the ping pong balls fall reasonably accurate and every coach, you know, wants to see that and every coach would love to see a, a seated sectional and, and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, they, if, if it can't be that way, it definitely makes for some excitement to see what's going to happen. And, and, um, you know, there's just some crazy improbabilities. You know, we've, you know, we've played DeKalb in the, in the tournament, like, I don't know, nine times in 15 years, and we've never played, you know, Wallasee or Angola in 16 years. It's it's funny how these things roll out, you know, as you think about them over time, you know, when a random thing is supposed to be uh, random, and, and uh, but it, that's that's the way the cookies crumble, and that's why you get, you know, Snyder Homestead first round so much, or Northwood East Noble, or wh- whatever it is, and Makes for some exciting first-round games. Yeah, no doubt. Do you have any clue why this was moved from a Sunday to a Thursday? I had been told uh, it had something to do with uh, the Colts stadium and and maybe the Saints playing there for hurricane reasons or someone mentioned something like that. But I I can't say that that's a fact, and that's just what I was kind of 
word of mouth. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a little weird, but uh, uh, I guess we'll roll with it. Well, Thursday night, whatever. We'll, we'll yeah. get the draw. So, uh, Coach, hey, congratulations. Get back uh, on the winning side of things last Friday against Columbia City. Uh, take us through that one, but also take us through the, the, the previous three weeks. And you played some really tough opponents, but, uh, you know, we all were kind of just we're, we're caught off guard when we see Snowball losing consecutive games. So take us through uh, the three-game losing streak, but then bouncing back against a good Columbia City squad. Yeah, it was it was something. It was tough. Um, you know, we we hadn't since I've been at East Noble, we hadn't lost two games in a row in a season ever, and and um, we hadn't done it. I don't East Noble hadn't done it since even before I was an assistant since maybe 2001. So it's it's been uh, interesting. And and those first three, um, you know, when you if we had played our normal schedule, maybe it doesn't happen. You know, when you, but you sign up to play Penn, you get what you get, and um, you know, we could have had a chance to win that game and just couldn't finish. We, you know, we've we've suffered some injuries and we're starting to get healthy and um, just didn't hadn't ever we could never find a rhythm. Really didn't play that well against Leo and you know who's a tremendous team this year and you can't go in there and not play well against a great team and um, so we just kind of didn't give ourselves a very good opportunity and then you know played pretty pretty tough against. I I think our conference is very very good this year, Justin. And, yeah. Um, you know, Nola's excellent. I, I think. I think you, I'm you Norwell or Concordia out of that sectional. I'm, I'm telling you, one of those teams could be in the state finals. Those are two really good teams in 3A, and uh, uh, Norwell really was impressive. And that quarterback Eli Riley is a heck of a player. So that was a that was a tough one, but big one for Norwell, big one for our conference, and and uh, we're and we're continuing to get better. And and uh, you know, so here we are, and we we needed to get back on track and and finally get uh, a couple guys back from injury and. Um, you know, play well and, and didn't turn the ball over and, and uh, just knew we had to go in the game and get some sacks on bolt and get a few interceptions and we did that and ran the ball well and was real excited to real excited to get that one and get us you know, get our confidence back. And I think now we can start kind of feeling out our identity and um, you know, having a uh, having a little more confidence going in these last couple of games. Yeah, I don't want to overvalue one player, but when I'm watching Penn and those little short screens, two of them that ended up going downfield for touchdowns, I'm feeling, man, if Rowan Zolman is on the field, that's at least not going for a touchdown. And then similar against Norwell, some of those scores, I'm thinking, man, if Rowan's on the field. Uh, so it's tough to put that much pressure on a kid, but he's such a special player. It's impossible not for that to go through your head when you see some of the things that happened to your defense when he wasn't in there. Well, he is. You know, we came into the season the first couple games knowing we could do all kinds of stuff up front because he's sitting back there and, uh, you know, not having that and, and moving guys around trying to find the right pieces. It just creates a little bit of chaos. And it's, it's not, you know, it, it can happen. And then we lose a quarterback as well. And we're trying to move the parts around there. And, and so we, you know, we made it all the way to the state finals last year before we had a player, a starting player, miss a game for an injury. And that, you know, that never happens. And this year's more more like what generally happens but none of our injuries have been too serious and everybody's uh looking to be looking to be back and um we're getting healthy at the right time playing well at the right time our young offensive line is getting better at the right time um everything that we do in the off season everything we do during the season is built towards you know trying to play your best right now and uh we played well friday night we played physical friday night and uh we're i think we're going to play well tomorrow night against new haven 
Yeah, Coach, you mentioned that quarterback position. We took it for granted last year. It was Bailey Parker who's going to do his thing. You had Dalton Stinson in there, and he struggled with injuries. And you put Cole Schupach back there, played last week, played against Penn, and a senior leader that that really brought a calming influence to that huddle, at least for a, a backup quarterback. So uh, it's something you could seemingly take for granted last year that that definitely is not something you can this year it's just another change in from a single year 19 to 20 yeah i think uh you know to learn from it you you hate to be uh in a position where you're quarterback centric you know it's it's a position where yeah you want to have your best player there and your guy that can make plays and do this and that but you also want to give yourself a chance in a season when you're struggling there and and so you know we we wanted to make sure that we had two three four guys ready that could all jump in there and take snaps run the ball you know at least give us an opportunity and i'm really proud of uh you know how cole's adjusted from moving to you know as an all-state defensive player last year and now he's hard you know he's playing some defense but he's really focused in on on our offense now he's doing a great job in practice of you know getting timing and you know, working to become a better passer. He's got a great arm, um, but he's just not, you know, not a lot of experience throwing the ball in, in games. So, um, you know, but he runs the ball like a, a ball moose. So we're, uh, we're uh, getting better at building and acclimating to that style of a quarterback. And I think right now, you know, we're the most confident we've been all year. And, you know, we really wish we could have some of those games back, but it is what it is. I think, uh, it's exciting to know that we got a chance to get, you know, opportunity to maybe get that Leo game back at some point. Coach, you got a pair of road games coming up to uh, wrap up the regular season, and uh, one that looks tough tomorrow night going to New Haven to face uh, Coach Lynn and Jakar Williams at that offense. What do you guys need to be prepared for? And they, uh, you know, they've had their ups and downs this year, uh, like everybody else, and and uh, they've got some great players, like everybody else, and and that quarterbacks. Uh, big strong athletic kid and he can throw it a mile and uh they got some guys who can run and linebackers that can hit and um you know we uh we're just kind of you know in, in the same mode that we have been the last few weeks let's let's not turn the ball over let's play great defense keep people in front of us let's keep getting better at running the ball and uh you know a team that makes the least mistakes and runs the ball is going to win and and you know if we have to win 24 20 you know that's the type of game that we got to win this year and, and we went you know we're so used to blowing people out that uh we kind of took those little things for granted but we've really built around our special teams this year we've been great on punt we've christian sanchez broke our our school record field goal um, our kickoff team's been great so things like that are things we're hanging our hat on and uh i think uh tomorrow night we're gonna have to play well in all those phases Coach, something you brought up to me earlier this season, I've talked to other NEA coaches about it since, is, you know, the mindset of the Northeast State and how outsiders perceive the conference. And so many people wrote it off when Carroll and Homestead left to go to the SAC and it rebranded from the NHC to the Northeast State. Okay, it's just a, a rural conference and you add a couple schools, Leo being a big one, obviously Huntington North as well. And the mindset of how it's changed the perception. You talked about so how so deep this conference is this year. You guys stepping out and playing Penn, Leo playing Mooresville, New Haven playing Pioneer. I know those are traditionally not happening without COVID, but it's also getting you out uh, in the northern half of the state and beyond in making a name for yourself and making a name for this conference. And I think the entire mindset around the state of the Northeast State has changed in the last four or five years because of it. Yeah, I think it has. I think, um, you know, Leo is kind of developing into – you know what Carroll was when I was in high school in the late '90s. That that school is starting to grow and and uh, you know be a big suburb school with lots of athletic kids and 
And, uh, you know, I know that, you, you know, we at East Noble are proud that we've had a great tradition, but, you know, Norwell and Columbia City and these and DeKalb last year and, and these schools that are, are really starting to build their traditions, I think, you know, you see when you look over time at high school football programs, you see a correlation between schools and communities that value getting a good coach, having great facilities, you know, putting, you know, that putting the time and the money and the things that it takes to have a great football program. And you get, you reap the rewards of that. These towns that have great football programs have great pride. They have great community support there. You know, the, the Friday nights are, are special events. Like that's a special, special thing that any community wants. And as they've seen East Noble and Leo and, you know, obviously Homestead and Snyder and these places have that. I think more schools are, are really starting to say, hey, we got to jump in. We got to be competitive. We got to build these facilities. We've got to go out and get a, a splashy coach or, or whatever it might be. And it's just creating a competitive environment. You know, we used to we used to go into the NE8 games in 2012, 13, 14, and we knew, okay, Homestead, Carroll, these are going to be huge games, and we're going to blow out everybody else. And that is that has rapidly changed where you know there's there might be a team every year that's that's down but you know for the most part everybody's pretty good now coach before we left special uh with the run to the state championship game any, any other moments any other coaching moments over your 12 13 years uh getting to 100 wins well you know lots of lots of special players and lots of special coaches and um you know my family's been there you know for the whole time and um you have one special moment last week was uh, Greg Bauer, the father of Alex Bauer, my quarterback at Angola that passed away um, in 2011. Um, Greg was there for my first win when Alex was a sophomore quarterback, and he's been at every game on the sideline with me since. And he was there uh, when I got my 100th win. And, um, you know, things like that are, you know, special for me. And, and uh, you know, Whatever happens this year, I, I really, I'm really excited about our team. We've got great kids. I love them to death, and I'm having fun coaching them. And you're not going to get to the state finals every year. You're not going to win the conference every year, but we're going to try, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to keep East Noble football rolling for a long time. And coach, it's your wife's birthday. Wife Shade's birthday today. Did you, have you gotten her a gift yet? Uh, yeah, we had a nice surprise party for her, and uh, we've got some other plans for her. So uh, awesome! Uh, happy birthday, Shay. I love you. A big 40 is she taking it in stride yeah i mean uh that's coming soon for me and <laughs> and uh probably probably for you you're a year younger than me aren't you yeah i got a couple years yeah so it's 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 coming for all of us uh <laughs> and uh she's she's taking it in stride and she's as beautiful and uh great as ever so i love her to death yeah she looks better at 40 than you do at 39 buddy and me at 38 <laughs> for that matter <laughs> All right, my man. Congratulations on uh, on the win last week. I'm get, trying to get another one tomorrow night. And uh, wish Shay a happy birthday for us. Thanks, Justin. All right, buddy. That was Coach Luke Amstutz, East Noble Knights, joining us here on the Week 8 edition of the High School Football Coaches Show. We're going to take a break. We have 3A sectionals to break down as the draws come out for Class 3A. Maybe we'll sneak in 4A as well, depending on the timing. But uh, we're going to take a break, come back. It's the sectional draw edition of the High School Football Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. It's a Boilermaker special. Plummer wants to throw on first down. Jack throws deep down the left side. Got a man open. It's at the 25. Milton Wright. He's going to score. Milton Wright with the touchdown catch. 59 yards. Join 
a Saturday, October 24th, as Purdue welcomes the Iowa Hawkeyes. Here we go! From Learfield IMG College. This is Rob Blackman. Enjoy the entire Purdue football season at Fort Wayne's Sports Station. 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. With so many roofing companies in the area, it's tough to be sure you're partnering with the right business to get the job done. Alliance Exteriors is here to make the decision easier for you. Alliance Exteriors specializes in metal roofing, shingle roofing, and more. They promise to take care of you for life. From the time a team member arrives at your door to years after your job is completed with a lifetime warranty. Looking to complete that roofing job you've been considering for months before winter hits? Call Alliance Exteriors today at 908-5465. Check out their Facebook or visit their website at allianceexteriorsin.com to schedule your free no-pressure estimate. All estimates come with an exclusive 10-point inspection, a $129 value for free. Plus, take advantage of $2,500 off your new metal roof for a limited time only. That's $2,500 off the last roof you'll ever put on your home. Don't forget to ask about their first responder discount. Start the process with Alliance Exteriors, your partners for life. Shop classic, independently certified pre-owned Rolex watches for both men and women in the attractive high-end designs that make Rolex watches so striking at Peter Franklin Jewelers. Rolex, the world's most recognizable watch brand. From classic to professional Rolex models to suit any wrist. Shop Submariner, Daytona, Datejust, Yachtmaster, Batman, and more at Peter Franklin. A Rolex is always cherished, but it also transcends its material value and takes on a personal meaning. Whether it is an heirloom, a milestone of success or a gift, a Rolex watch frequently becomes an emotional symbol that brings to life exceptional moments. Discover Rolex watches today at Peter Franklin, your independently certified pre-owned Rolex headquarters where every Rolex tells a story. Start your story today at Peter Franklin with three locations to serve you, Angola, New Haven, and a DuPont Road in Fort Wayne. See the entire collection of Rolex watches online at PeterFranklin.com. When you want to make a statement, it simply has to be Peter Franklin. Thousands of brave men and women who served in the United States Armed Forces have given their eyesight in defense of our freedom. And the Blinded Veterans Association wants to give them their freedom back. But it needs your help. Go to BVA.org to find out about how BVA's free programs, services, advocacy, and more help America's heroes to not just deal with the emotional and physical issues of sudden sight loss or impairment, but actually work to get them back to the independent lives they deserve to live. Go to BVA.org today. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back for the final time here on the High School Football Coaches Show here till 7 o'clock. It was a NE8-centric show as we talked to Josh Gerber, talked to Luke Amstutz, Norwell and East Noble, um, respectively. But uh, there's a big game in the SAC this week, and, and it's always week eight in the last five years at the very least that this game has always had SAC championship implications. And it's just flying on the radar this year with Bishop DeWanger and Snyder. And so many people will say, well, Bishop DeWanger, they should roll with it. Uh, they still have a shot. At, uh, at the SAC, potentially if Homestead has a collapse and, and Snyder's down. But, you know, if, you, if anybody's seen Snyder over the last couple of weeks, you knew they were not going to stay down the entire season. And last week was just the latest example of that, being able to shut out their rival in Northrop in a game that we felt 
could go Northrop's way. They could end that long losing streak for the Bruins against the Snyder Panthers. And instead, it was a 44 nothing route by Snyder. The Panthers are now 4-3. and three. They look a lot more comfortable defensively. Uh, the offense is finding a rhythm with Tyrese Brown at running back and Luke Hoppert, the sophomore, settling in at the quarterback position. Look, this, this coaching staff didn't overnight forget how to coach uh it and and snyder isn't all of a sudden void of athleticism either it was just a so much turnover from what 37 38 seniors from a year ago a lot of kids being thrust into new positions and i do think a little bit of a a talent gap when you look at that roster and say man a lot of their best athletes are sophomores and juniors so uh you know it's just a perfect storm for snyder to start off zero and two uh and then one two straight then lost big to homestead and and all three of those losses coming by 30 points to Northside, carroll and homestead but if you step back and look at the first two weeks in uk okay Northside has a phenomenal quarterback in the offense that's the second best in the sac then they play at carroll the week after and carroll has separated itself as the best offense in the sac so you're throwing snyder uh into basically two of the most high-powered offenses in the northern half of the state, back-to-back to open the season against a lot of youth and inexperience. And you could see it on the tape. I mean, you saw kids out of position, not knowing where they should be defensively, not knowing their assignments, taking bad angles. I mean, it was not good to watch that film. But you know, Kurt Sittman and his coaching staff, rallied the troops were able to coach up that team got two wins dropped a lopsided one to homestead but have won two straight and again that that most recent being 44 to nothing so they go to shields field tomorrow against bishop dewanger and i'm not saying snyder gets a win tomorrow but i feel like it's closer than a lot of people anticipate and especially as closer than you know what we thought after the two first two weeks of the season. So when we talk Snyder, when we talk about dangerous teams in the postseason, don't overlook the Snyder Panthers as lopsided of a scores as they had against Carroll and Homestead this year, uh, potential sectional opponents. Watch out. Snyder's still lurking and still there, no doubt. So tomorrow night at Shields Field, 7 o'clock kickoff. The rivalry, again, Snyder and Bishop DeWanger. We had the sectional draw come out for Class 3A while we were talking to Coach I.M. Stutz. And let's give that to you right now. First off, sectional 26, Lakeland at Mishawaka Marion. It'll be South Bend, Washington at Tippecanoe Valley. And that's the top half of the bracket. Bottom half is Jimtown at Garrett. And the Railroaders uh, will draw the Jimmies and then Glenn at West Noble. So when you look at that sectional field, you see Mishawaka Marion, the clear, clear favorite in that one. Marion's game, actually, against Elkhart tomorrow in what was going to be a battle of undefeated teams is now off because of COVID. So haven't got any details on which side it's on, but the biggest game in Northwest Indiana, arguably all season long, Marion and Elkhart is off for tomorrow night. Mishawaka Marion got a 20 to 16 win at Penn last week. So Mishawaka Marion, the clear favorite class of sectional 26. So it's going to be difficult for any local team to make any noise in that one. Again, Lakeland gets the first round draw going to Marion to kick that sectional off. Sectional 27, we talked to Coach uh, Josh Gerber of the Norwell Knights earlier about this matchup or this sectional with the sectional draw coming out this evening. Let's check it out. Concordia goes to Peru. Oak Hill will be at Belmont. 
Belmont. The bottom half of the bracket, Northwestern at Maconaqua, and then Heritage will go to Norwell. So when we look at this bracket and we say, okay, Norwell and Concordia are probably the two best teams in the sectional, all due respect to Peru. They will not meet until the sectional championship game. So if we're talking seeding, I don't think you could have done a better job in sectional 27. So uh, really good matchup, I think, for both Concordia and Norwell to start off. Uh, they will not see each other till the sectional final. Concordia handled business uh, against Peru last year by 50 points in the sectional championship game. And Norwell trying to make some noise again in the postseason. I don't believe they've won a sectional since 2014. So the Knights looking to win a sectional championship for the first time in six years the second hour of the high of the oh, i said high school coaches show no we're not getting a second hour the second hour of the sectional draw is coming up they'll go through classes four five and six so keep an eye on your social media machine or also go to ihsaa.org for all of the coverage of that we'll break all the sectionals down and also all of week eight down next thursday as well as talk about week nine that's going to do it for us for Luke Amstutz, East Noble Knights, Josh Gerber, Norwell Knights, and Bryce Vance of KPC News. All of them taking some time out to join us. Thank you to D.C. Hendricks for producing. Thank you for everyone out there listening. I'm Justin Kenny. This has been the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. for listening to this exclusive presentation of 1380 The Fan, the high school coaches show with Justin Kenny on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Download the podcast at 1380thefan.com or wherever you get podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.